Holy fuck. Can you hear me? Morgan? Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you see me? I don't know. I can't even I can't see, see myself. I can't see you yet. I just see your name. Okay. Give me a sec, dude. Oh, start yeah, video. No. Okay. There you go. Bet. 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 Ah, there you are. Man, look at you. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, Joe. How's everything? Ah, it's great, brother. It's great. Just living life, buddy. Fudge, dude. Okay, so look, I'm just going to get uh, right into things just for the listeners. Um, yeah. I met you at Costco. I don't know. Uh, I remember it like as if it was my first day. Uh, <laughs> I recall, I think it was, yeah, uh, maybe like, when were you playing for the Habs again? 2014 i think it was 2014 the first time i was there yeah th that was it that was it because at that time emlyn was there yeah i believe alexi emlyn was there and he would yeah. always come and he was really fucking weird <laughs> he was like very like uh serious serious kind of guy typical russians but uh yeah you oh, always yeah. came with lauren and you always had the biggest smile on your face Absolutely. And man. I remember the first time I spoke to you because everyone was way too shy to talk to you. <laughs> and uh, first time I spoke to you, I was super sore. I just came back from my training and you asked me if I was sore. And then I said, yeah, I just had um, I had leg day. And you may not remember this, but I remember this if it was yesterday because uh, it was a big deal for me. And <laughs> you were like, oh, I know how that feels. And then I said, I asked like jokingly, like, oh, what do you do? And you looked at me like, kind of like, like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm just joking, buddy. Like, uh, <laughs> have, have a good day. And you, I think you're Hunter, right? No. Yeah. Hunter. Yeah. 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 Hunter's my oldest one. Yeah. And he was born in Montreal, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Hunter was only like a baby. I remember I gave him like a smiley face on the receipt and he was old enough to like realize that. Him. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely, now, man. Fast forward 2022, and you have four kids. Yeah. Hunter, Jordana. Yeah. Let me see and if I got this right. Hold on. Hunter, Jordana, uh, Hayes. Yep. And I forget the other one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jersey. 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 That was it. Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Three out of four, though. That's pretty good. I take those odds any day. <laughs> Appreciate it. Listen, uh, Dale, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because one, uh, I've seen as Montreal, I was a Montrealer. I'm not like, uh, I'm not like a huge Habs fan. You know what I mean? I'm actually a, a mighty duck fan, but mighty <laughs> duck. But, um, one of the reasons why you stood out the most is cause, uh, to be a Montreal Canadian, well, I don't know how, how it's like. That's one of the questions I want to ask you. But your presence to the public was just like this happy-go-lucky, like, like living the dream kind of vibe. Matter of fact, our physiotherapist that we have in common, Mr. Steve Villeneuve, okay. he actually said uh, he's treated the majority of the Canadians in his career. And he said that you were by far the most happiest 
happiest guy ever. And I don't know <laughs> you as well, but from uh, we talked through Instagram and all that stuff, but uh, you always came off as if you were so positive, yet, like, yeah, you weren't the poster boy of Montreal Canadiens. You weren't like, uh, you know, you weren't like the face you know, like you, people would assume, especially these young kids, you know, like uh, the Connor McDavid's and all that, you know, the, they're the happiest people in the world. I don't know that, but you were so happy and so comfortable with people and, you know, willing to talk to everybody. And I wanted to ask, like, were you always like that? Are you always like that? And if so, if not, is it always, I'm not asking if you're an asshole, but <laughs> if you were, is it because you were in Montreal? Yeah, good question, man. I, I think I was always like that. Um, and I think Montreal kind of brought the best out of me where, you know, I played that's junior. No so surprise. Sorry, I have to, that's really. Yeah, okay. uh, I, I don't know many guys would say that. Um, but I, I, I played junior in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, you know, a town of 14,000 people. Um, so you had to interact with fans and people a lot. We did a lot of school visits, um, you know, a lot of charity stuff. And that was something I really enjoyed. Uh, from a young age, I, you know, I didn't play in these big markets. I never had that, um, you know, like a guy in, in the Ontario league playing in like London or something. I never had that atmosphere where it was like an NHL atmosphere, but you're playing a junior. So I was kind of raised into it. And I think that's, as I got older, that kind of wore off of me a little bit and, and sorry, not wore off of me, but you know, I, I just appreciated it more where I was that little kid that went to junior games with my dad and I was hanging over the edge and I wanted the guys and to like, pay, correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I, you you know, yeah. So I, I wanted to be the guy that was like, you know, made that impact that guys made on me. And and I don't think a lot of guys understood that, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe I was a bigger hockey fan growing up than a lot of guys that I played with. I don't know what the answer was, but um, you know, I went to Vancouver, started my career there, you know, mm -hmm. playing in New York, people don't know who the heck you are. And it wasn't that I, I needed people to, to, you know, know who I was or want to know who I was, but it felt good to, to, you know, finally be appreciated where, you know, I, in Vancouver, I'm grinding, I'm fighting. And I just, not that I needed anyone's validation, but it was just, I came to Montreal. Everyone was so positive. Everyone was so happy. They made me feel so welcome that I just, uh, man, I just embraced it and reciprocated it back where I just, I, I really, truly enjoyed it. That's you literally made me feel so good and like once again i'm, I'm gonna be posting this on uh, my podcast but beautiful uh, you actually made me feel very proud to be from here i'm not saying i'm proud to be like from quote especially with everything that we've been through there with, with, with the whole covid thing i'm definitely not proud of that but uh, uh, -huh. uh -huh. um i'm actually very 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 surprised uh by your answer and uh you mentioned just before your journey and um i remember uh before we got on this podcast i wanted to really get into the fact uh, I, I wanted to get into the kind of like the details of your journey because um i feel like kids these days as a trainer uh i train one of the kids i train is it was actually your neighbor when you lived in brossard no joke his name is no George. way uh george he was like, how old? he uh well 2014 i don't know he's like 15 and he's now in triple a playing for okay. karai style and george if you're Unreal. listening to this, this is the only kind of credit i'm only going to give you i don't want you to <laughs> big 
But he, what I remember telling him that, uh, sorry, we were going, I was going through my DMs or something. No, I was training him. And then one of the stories you actually laughed at my, at my video and George freaked out. He's like, bro, you talk to Dale Weiss? And then I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, dude, he was my neighbor. And then I'm like, you never wanted to ask him anything? And he's like, no, I was just still shy. And he's like, <laughs> man. And uh, he just said, like, man, the guy, he, he, he sounded like he envied you. He said, like, he had, like, quote, unquote, the hot wife. You know, like, Lauren's not ugly. Let's just be, let's be real here. <laughs> The hot wife, the big house, the nice car, and he's playing for the Canadians. And then I told him to shut his mouth because you, <laughs> you have no idea. And I don't have any idea, but as an ex-professional athlete in track and field, right? Like we have this body of, we come off as this person, like we're attractive or like whatever. We have a good looking feature. We're presentable. Uh, we're traveling. Obviously, I didn't go anywhere near as you, and people automatically assume that we have it all, right? And um, with these kids, uh, I find that my passion was uh, is more present when I train these athletes because I could train athletes physically. I could beat their ass. I could tell them how to squat, get them built, uh, get them stronger. But one thing that I find sets me apart from everyone else is that I, I will talk your ears off about all the bullshit I went through, like in terms of love relationships, priorities, the ability to say no to everything. And these kids are 14 and in a sport like hockey, that is so like, it's our sport, especially in Montreal. You know what I mean? I feel like these kids have to grow up real quick. Yeah. You know what? I love everything you're saying there because when I talk to younger teams now, or I talk to younger kids, the biggest message that I try to get across to them, um, you know, is, is I, like, I share my journey and I say, look at, you know, I, I started as, as a guy like you and I worked my way up and all I wanted to do as a kid was playing in the NHL. It's all I ever wanted to do. To the time I was five years old, I was obsessed with it. As I got older, junior high, high school, I had no friends. I had no life. It was all I did. I was in my basement working out. I was obsessed with it. And, you know, that's what it takes to get there. But then when you get there, you know, it's a completely different world. And, and the, the message that I try to send is like, you know, enjoy your time where you are right now. Because when you get to the end game, like, I know, and I, I don't know many guys that tell me any different and all the guys I play with speak the same story where, you know, it's, it's this thing, you, you build it up to be this, you know, this dream and you wait your whole life to get there. And then when you get there, it's, 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 it's nothing not like you thought you think. It, it's nothing like you think it would be. And, and, you know, when you speak about, you know, you have a big house and you have nice cars and you have a hot wife and you have all these material things that everybody sees. And they're like, man, how are you? Yeah, or they look in the paper. You well, you make two million dollars. How could this guy be upset? And it's just, it's the farthest, it's the farthest thing from what the actual life is and what it takes to be in that top one percent of what you do. Um, you know, the the money, how is it? That is like literally the smallest part of it. It is the easiest and the smallest part of it. So I, 
you know, I, I love hearing kids say that because that's it, whenever I do, you know, I, I do Skypes or Zooms like this with teams and stuff, whether they're 12 or 16 yeah. or you know, it's the same questions. So well, what kind of car do you drive? And no way, so, really. That's, you know, it's, it's the first questions are never about hockey. They're always, kids, about, bro. Yeah. They're, they're always about like material things. And I was that kid. Like, you know, I had the picture of a, of a, a white escalator from the time I was nine years old. And you I are an escalator guy. I remember. I know. Yeah. You have an es- yeah. You are an escalator guy. Yeah. I, I wanted one so bad from the time I was nine years old. It was on, I had pictures on my wall and it was everything. So I was those kids. So I just. Oh, good for you, man. I didn't know yeah. that. You. Yeah. So I, I love it, man. I, I love speaking to kids. I, I love the message you're sending because, I, you know, the, the one side where, okay, you need to be obsessed and you need to be crazy about getting to that dream, but you also need to enjoy the process and have a little fun. Like it's such a fine line that, you know, I, I tell my, my sons the same thing. Like, you know, my oldest guy Hunter plays hockey and, you know, he's like, of course he wants to be a, a hockey player and, and play in the NHL someday. And, and I, I don't ever deter that dream, but I, I keep it in, in reality a little more where, you know, there, there's a lot of other things you can do in life that are, that are, powerful. you know, that, that are, yeah, I, I think are much more powerful and, and you can impact so many more people than, than, you know, being a hockey player. So I, uh, yeah, I love it, man. That's so, I gotta, I gotta reach out to this George kid. That sounds. Yeah, dude, he, he's in the finals now. He's in his playoffs. Um, that's actually I wanted to talk to you. I, I can't. I swear to fucking God, if this guy, if this kid listens to this, I think he does. But um, uh, I don't want to. I shouldn't have said his. Yeah, fuck. I'm gonna say his fucking name, whatever. But um, I before we change topics on that, I really want to talk about uh, you mentioned something like uh, you said something about your journey, and um, so fun fact, my dad's actually from Winnipeg. No way. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's from Winnipeg. Well, like, uh, my grand, like, he was born there, but moved, like, moved here, right? Uh, okay. I've been to Winnipeg, uh, and, well, Saskatchewan, and, uh, well, let me just, like, me being raised in Montreal, but raised in PEI in the summer, my family's from Prince Edward Island, so okay. uh, I have a huge part of my, like, I'm, I'm, I consider myself like a country boy, even though okay. I live in Beautiful. Here. But um, I've been to Saskatchewan, and uh, no offense, but it's, it's not really that much to do in comparison to what we have here, right? And um, right. there's two sides to that, right? I find there's pros and cons to it. And um, I feel like living in Montreal, there's a lot of, uh, of uh, temptation, let's just say. And uh, I remember when I had my nationals in Saskatchewan, I was like, you know, every, growing up, when I was growing up in, uh, in, in, you know, the, the Canadian team and trying to get a, a scout and all that stuff, I was always looking for a place to party, right? I love talking, especially to women. I love talking like I'm an extrovert kind of guy. When yeah. I went to Saskatchewan on the prairies, it was like, oh, fuck, I gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> there's nothing to do there, right? There's no, there's no temptation. Um, mm-hmm. I like to know, how your journey was growing up in growing up in hockey as a young kid uh in saskatchewan looking at you know like the big cities like you know montreal uh vancouver uh new york uh i don't know yeah it was you know like you said there was nothing there's nothing to do um you know our town had twelve thousand people and what town are you from sorry 
well, sorry, I played in Swift Current. Okay. So, you know, it was the small, at the time, it was the smallest market in the That's entire Canadian, cool Canadian Hockey League. Current. So, wow, a great town. Like, I, I had the time of my life, don't get me wrong, but, you know, the, the biggest thing there was Boston Pizza. Like, there was one Boston Pizza. No and that was way. It. Wow. Bro. That was it. Like, that was the, you know, if after a game, you go to Boston Pizza, like, this was the biggest thing to do. Like, it, it was good because there was nothing, you know, you're so sheltered at that point. Yeah. Uh, you, you live with a family. They do everything for you. You just focus on hockey. So it was you're great. You're family, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay. you're trying, you're, you're trying to be a pro. This is the greatest situation for you where, you know, I had buddies that played in Calgary or Edmonton or Vancouver or, you know, out East, whether in London or, or, you know, surrounding Toronto, like these guys have some crazy stories. I'm like, you were doing this in junior. I'm like, what? Like I was, you know, sleeping by nine, like I was doing nothing. So, um, it was crazy. And then when I turned pro, you know, that's where the lifestyle changed a little bit. You started to make a little more money. Um, you know, I, I, am in New York city. I've never been to New York city, spent the three years in Swift. Yeah. You got drafted by the Rangers. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in New York city, like, Holy smokes. Like where am I? Small town boy from Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like game changing for me. And then, you know, finally when I got my first crack and actually made the NHL and I'm playing in Vancouver, um, you know, that's where things kind of almost derailed off ice a little bit for me because I never had these opportunities to do things like this. Here I am, you know, I'm 22 years old. I'm making a ton of money. I'm single. I'm living by myself. I'm finished every day at 12 o'clock. What am I going to do all day? What is it? You know, what am I going to do? And, you know, you're traveling around all these cities and, you know, that's where the lifestyle can really get you when, when you're a younger guy. So, um, you know, you talk about temptation and stuff like that. That was something that I definitely dealt with in Vancouver, uh, you know, my, my first year there. And it was like, wow, what's going on here? And then, uh, you know, that's it's, it's just a big step. It's it's not something um, I don't know if agents or the league could do maybe a better job of. I think it's changing. That was my next bit. question. Yeah. So, I mean, go ahead. But I, I don't know what else there really is to do. It's just um, just to continue that. Uh, so. When I, me growing up, uh, just for um, just for the listeners, in case they didn't fucking, I mean, you don't know this either, but maybe you have an, a, a, an inkling. I have ADHD, okay. And um, when I was a kid, it was really bad, and okay. uh, I was just I wasn't a violent person when I needed to be. I was more of like a class clown, but okay. I was extremely into sports. Matter of fact, sports was the only thing that got me uh serious right and i don't know what it's like in your high school but my high school you know you have sorry that's i don't want to sound like uh, you don't have sports in your high school but you have soccer (laughs) and you have all the other sports as the season goes along right i had many uh therapists growing up i had many mentor like not meant like shadows they would call it growing up behavior counselors all that stuff growing up and um as soon as, uh, and here we call it Spock, it's a, sport, a sports excellence program. Okay. By the time I was 14, no, 15, I, uh, long story short about that, I ended up breaking, I was five centimeters away from breaking the Quebec long jump record. And I've never jumped before in my life. I didn't even want to jump in my track class because I just bought these brand new Air Force Ones, crispy ones. <laughs> you know I mean? Yes, yes, so absolutely. My, my coach, 
who became my coach, I uh, was like, you're, you're doing it for, and I jumped and I jumped and I jumped. I ended up breaking, uh, well, almost, so I'm going to just turn on the light. I'm in my basement. So anyways, point is, um, I had my mom growing up. I didn't really have a great relationship with neither of my dads, my stepdad and my, my, my biological dad. They were there for me. Don't worry. Like nothing uh, crazy like that. It's just as soon as I started getting good and I started going to Sparks and else when they said like I could train, I'm training. I went from literally three days a week tr practice and like biking to my buddy's house to training three days, like all day, every single day first year of Sparks announced that the school even launched this program and I was kind of like the poster boy because here you had this thug kind of gangster wigger we all go through those phases out have you ever went to the gangster rapper phase no eh? uh I don't know I, I love gangster rap don't get me wrong we uh, turned I, it on I was like, like that. Eminem was a huge <laughs> deal for us right so mm -hmm. I was going through that phase so I was like that poster boy it's like here's this gangster thug idiot ADHD kid who was barely, barely passing school to now getting 70 average. And now I'm ranked top three in Canada in long jump. Who the hell is this kid? So I was traveling over a span of a year. I was traveling everywhere. Like my coaches were asking me if I had any tests the next week, because I was going to the States. I was getting <laughs> invited from all over these places and it was so fun, but I wish as an athlete, because it shapes you, right? I will always be an athlete, but I'm not defined from what I did. You know what I mean? Like you're Dale Weiss. The reason why, like, yeah, you were a professional hockey player, but you're more importantly, you're a father, you're a husband, you're a provider. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't define you. The thing is, what I'm trying to say is, I never had, as soon as I told myself, I wanted to be an Olympian, but you just said that. You have to dream, you have to think, eat, sleep, breathe like an Olympian at a certain age. But then yep. when you start getting to 16, 17, 18, you get your driver's license. Tinder just came out. It was like, oh, <laughs> you know, you start putting on your Tinder, like, oh, just here for a week. I need like a, a tourist, whatever. And like, <laughs> it's, I, I wish I had, these are so, these are the hidden things that people don't talk about that could ruin you forever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I wish I had a mentor like that growing up. Mm -hmm. And so to continue what you were saying, like you just said, like, here you are, you're 22, you're a pro, you're making all this money. You're done by 12. What do I do? No one's ever told me, no, like no one, no one warned me about this. No one told me about all these things. So with that being said, um, well, let's, let's pretend as if we're talking to, to George, you know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, he's a promising kid, apparently. Uh, and, um, and to all the kids who are in that age of like 14, 15, 16, who are getting their license, you know, single, getting on Tinder, you know, and social media is huge. Now it's, you know, it's ruining relationships. It's, you know, it's the biggest uh, leader of to get to get you out there. Is there anything that you could give these kids that I wish I had and maybe you wish you had when you were at that age? Yeah, I, I think if, if you know, and, and I like to think when I'm talking to kids, like I think, you know, what would I say to my son? So I'm not trying to 
you know, Bro, skew I was my, just going to say that, dude. Exactly. So, I, so I'm not going to skew my advice. This is what I tell my son, but this is not what I would tell other kids. Like, you know, I, I try to group it together and say, this is what I'd want to tell my son. Um, you know, I, I think you need to have that fun. Um, I think I needed to go through that personally to a, to a certain extent. You know, like I said, my whole life, I was sheltered. I, I, I didn't party when I was younger. I like, I, I was so obsessed with getting better and working on my game and when you say everything. you were, sorry, when you say you were younger, like what age around like, oh, uh, man, I, I'm talking like, you know, 12, 13 years old. I start working on the basement. Like that's all I nice. did. That's all, yeah. that's all it was for me was I'm going to work out. Or I went to run Hills or I'd run around the block or whatever it was. I was so obsessed with it. And I was so sheltered. Um, you know, and I, as I said earlier, you need to be that way. If you want to be at the top, if you don't want to be at the best of what you do, then that's fine. Don't do it. But if that's what you want to do. You got to have that side, but then, you know, you get to a point where, man, I got to have some fun. My, my mind it's affecting my performance because I have no outlet. And I do think, you know, whether it's a 13 or 14 year old kid that wants to get on Tinder or 16, he's getting his license. I think you need that release. You need that outlet, but it, but it has to be reined in at some point. And I don't know what that line, that line will be oh, different true. for everybody, you know, where I think I, I can, you know, at 16, I could go out hundred percent and, and, you know, I, I could be at a party. I didn't need to be drinking because everyone was around me because I didn't, I didn't, I never felt pure pressure like that, but everybody's kind of triggered differently. So it's hard to say where that line is where, yeah, you need to go do those things and experience those things in life. But if you're going to be successful in what you do, whether it's, you know, track and field hockey, whatever sport you're in, you know, you got to make those decisions. You got to say no at a certain point. You got to have that self-discipline. Um, and I, I guess that's the best advice I would give him is that self-discipline has to come down to you. Um, you know, whether I was talking to my, my son who let's, you know, he's 16, he wants to go out. I'm going to say, okay, like be it's smart. Okay, and, sorry, and, sorry, sorry, sorry. But if, when he's 16, sorry, continue. I was like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not now, like, not now. <laughs> son has a baby face for a 16 year old. Okay. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, when, when you get to that age and, and, you know, you really have to have some self-discipline if, if, you know, you want to be good at what you do. I can be there and I can mentor you and I can say everything, but at the end of the day, those decisions are going to come down to you when you're in the hard situations where you're in the car and your buddy's lighting up a joint and he's going to hand it over to you. Say, Hey, you want to have some, those decisions come down to you at the end of the day. That is so, that's what I tell my, uh, the kids. I, I tell them, um, like, I, and I tell my clients, like as a fitness trainer, I tell them, like, look, doing something is better than doing nothing. And congratulations, like you, you, like, you know, you, you built up the courage and you, 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 you were able to make a change for yourself and to better yourself. And you dedicated an hour at the gym and, uh, you know, whether, whether you did machines, whatever, any of that stuff, doing something's better than nothing, but yeah. it's the 23 other, it's a, yeah, 23 other hours of your day that means the most. You know, and uh, I remember when I was an athlete, uh, more is better. You know, doing more is better. You got to, uh, what's the guy? Uh, you got to you gotta achieve as bad as you want to breathe or something like that. What's that guy's name? Yeah, the, the, I've heard that one so many times. Uh, was that, was yeah. that, did you, did you replay that in your, in your car? A, mil a million times a, a day. I still, times. I I still do. I still listen to it. Like for no reason. I just love that. I love that. You got it. What is it? You got to, you got to achieve, achieve as bad as you want to breathe. 
Well, wait, wait. Yeah, you got to achieve as bad as you want to breathe. Exactly. It's just that, um, uh, yeah, I find that, I find that, uh, I don't want to go off topic here. It's just, uh, yeah, you're so right. It, you just said it, you're in the car, you, uh, your buddy's rolling up a joint and, um, it's up to you to say no, or, uh, it's up to you to say no, or say, yeah, whatever it is, you know, it's consequence of action, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, speaking about drugs, uh, did you have any, did you do heroin? No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> was that an issue or uh, issue? Was that like, um, something that you had to go through where you're from? And, uh, if so, if you could kind of like talk about that, whether drugs, alcohol, or. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, and I, I'm people from Saskatchewan could drink. I'm just saying they could, <laughs> they could people drink. Could, hey, people can, yeah. People the people can drink in the West. That's for sure. And, and I, I don't know if it was maybe the situation I was raised in. My mom and dad don't drink. Uh, oh, they really never nice. did. Yeah. When I, when I grew up, I, you know, I have to really, really force my dad. Like we're out on the boat in the summer. I have to really force him like that. Just have one with me. Come on. That's awesome. Um, cool. 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 So I'm like, I just, that, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I just, I, I never saw it growing up. So it was never a thing for me. Um, you know, but I 14, 15, I started playing midget and guys I'm playing with are, you know, I, they're getting hammered and they're talking about how they got drunk on the weekend. I'm just sitting there like, man, like this just seems crazy to me. Like who does this? And it was just such a different world for me because I, I again, I think it was just kind of the way I was raised. And then, um, you know, maybe why, when I first got in the NHL, it was like kind of crazy for me. Cause again, I never saw any of that lifestyle or I never did any of that. So before, you were like so. a good boy. Yeah. As, as good, man, I, the, the first time I, I had a full drink, I was my 18th birthday. Like, no just, way. Oh gosh. Cool, dude. I swear to God. It's just, I, I was never, and even in junior, you know, 16, 17, you, you're, you're with 19, 20 year old job and team. I would parties. have never thought, I would have never thought, no, I'm not judging you, but yeah, no, no. I, and it, it's crazy. It's crazy when you think about it, but I was just, I, it seemed like so outrageous to me. It's like, well, why would I do that? You know, I was just so obsessed with, with being the best. And I, I took my diet serious and everything. And, and it was just, it was just different for me. So it's tough. It's, it's a tough situation. I know how many kids now, you know, I, and I think it's changing. I think it's changing in pro. I think it's changing in the NHL just from my experiences the last couple of years. Um, but you, you, I just think you're always going to have those peer pressures around you. Um, and and I, I was strong enough to make those decisions. So you mentioned your parents and you weren't around, uh, like alcohol or drugs weren't around you. Um, I feel like uh, I have, I hate repeating myself, but as a trainer training these young kids, um, the biggest issue I have nowadays uh, with kids, well, this is more towards the parents. Um, It's the parents will do anything and everything for their kid. And I see that and I love that. But they can also be the biggest critics and the biggest, uh, like, I don't want to, like, I, if the, if mom and dad or moms and dads listening to this right now, if you're, uh, if you're, if you feel like you're one of these people, personally speaking, uh, there's like the amount of kids that I would get, uh, come into practice and you could just see they're just fucking like they're dead or they had a shit day 
And then you see the mom or dad come see me and they're like, yeah, he didn't do good at practice. I was fucking, don't worry about it. I was nailing him though. Like I was giving it to him. <laughs> I was like fucking kid thinks he has it all. Fucking kid thinks he does this. And it's like, I'm still in the process of building up my, cause it, deep down, I want to fucking say, that, Hey, you have absolutely no fucking idea what your kid's going through because just because you played in the juniors back in the eighties, when there wasn't social media and there wasn't like you, you didn't have everything at the palm of your hand. Like it's shit's different now, dad or mom. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so my first thing, and one reason why what separates me from the other kids from the other trainer is there's a certain time when you could say, yes, more is better, but sometimes depending on what the kid is going through and depending like how much the parents are in your face, because they want you to succeed, right? They want the best for you, but sometimes they smother them to the point where I feel like just taking the kid and be like, Hey, let's just go for a walk, bro. You know, let's just shoot the shit. I don't know. You want to like, whatever you want to. And you know, parents pay me for a reason. And I'm at the point where, uh, you know, I'm going to be a father uh bro in four weeks bro very soon very soon and it's like everything changed all of a sudden it's like like so with that being said um what would be like first off two questions were your parents ever like that with you growing up in hockey and two um what would be now that your kids i think yeah uh jordana and hunter are in uh hockey you know, whatever, like, what would be your advice to parents uh, of athletes, aspiring athletes? Yeah, this is, this is my favorite subject to talk about. Like, oh, I'm doing know, good. Is this okay? This yeah, is my, you're, you're my man, first you're, interview, bro. Yeah, you're nailing it. You're nailing it. This is so, literally my, thanks, my, my favorite thing to talk about. Because um, I truly believe that parents are 50% of the difference if your kid is going to be unbelievable and an elite performer or they're not. Make it break. Yep. They are half the battle. I don't care if your kid is the most talented person in the whole world. If you're a parent, if you're an absolute piece of shit as a parent <laughs> and, and you do this shit, the, uh, man, I've, I've seen it a ton um, personally where I've seen tremendous players that I grew up. The kids were so good, eight, nine, 10, like way better than me. And their parents were insane. Either they were praising them that they were just incredible and they're telling them every single day you're the best player you're amazing you need to do this which is hindering them also or they were just absolutely hammering them every single day and the kid by the time he got 13 14 he was like i don't even want to play anymore this isn't fun for me and and they truly can make or break them and my my dad was was really hard on me but again i i don't know if i'm i'm a different subject where like I wanted it so bad that it was like my dad would never have to get on me for not working hard enough. That was always my thing. Yeah. Obviously, so your, your work it, ethic was there. It was all. Yeah, I did. There was nothing that he never had to get on me about work ethic. I, every single time I did something, I'm all out. Whether whether I'm shopping at Costco, man, I'm all yeah. out. Like yeah, I'm, I saw I'm, your, I'm, I saw your I, yeah. 
I I'm saw all your out, basket. Man. Yeah, you're all I'm, out. I'm three carding it. Like I'm all out on man. Everything yeah, I, I do. I see Lauren's uh, post on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys should write a book on that. Okay. I'm in. I'm all out, man. So my dad never had to do that, and and you know he would teach me the game as we we're growing up, and he'd say you know do this, do that, uh, or he'd say you know hey I I didn't think you had your best effort tonight. You know hey next time we got to be better though, and it was more of like his mindset kind of wore off on me where, whereas, you know, as I got older and I got better and there wasn't a lot that he could tell me, I had that like, Hey, I had a tough day today. Tomorrow's another day. I got to be better tomorrow. I'll just rebound. You always got to rebound. And that was something that wore off on me. Um, you know, as for how I parent my kid, it's tough because my, my oldest son, Hunter, um, he doesn't have a very strong work ethic when I watch him play sports for, for whatever it is. Um, I don't know. He's not obsessed with playing hockey. He enjoys it. He likes it. But he, he you know, from a young age, you know, from How the time five. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's turning nine this year. Nine. Which some people, cool. some people will think I'm crazy for saying that. But I just know when I was, you know, six, seven, I couldn't wait to get to the rink. He's really? like, okay. uh, he's like, well, you know, I was <laughs> like, I was like, there's a there's a snowstorm today, buddy. Like, like we'll, we'll go. I have no problem. I'll, I'll drive you there. I got no. Ah, uh, let's let's. I don't care, Dad. I don't need to go to practice. So but it's like deep down, you want you like you were you're hoping that he would be like, okay, let's go. One hundred percent. I'm going yeah. through the storm. I'll, I'll walk him on my back there if I have nice. to, and and I want him to say it. But if he says something like that, then it's like you know what? His heart's not in it. I'm not, I'm not going to push him. Yeah. But when but when he's there, I, I require effort. Like if I think he wasn't even trying out there, I I've told him plenty of times. Like you know, I came home. We went to a tournament. Uh, I think it was about a month ago. I was like buddy, do you think you were, you were really trying your best out there? It's like, well, and he'll be honest with me. It's like, well, I don't think I was trying my best. And then, you know, then it becomes more of a teaching moment where, but if you're going to do something in life, it, you have to do it all out because that will, will lead into the way you do everything. And I'm a true believer in the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if, if, if your mom asked you to do the dishes and you half-ass that, you're going to half-ass your homework. You're going to half-ass when you go to the hockey game. You're going to half-ass when I ask you to do something. And I, I, I'm a real big believer. So as parents, my advice would be make sure the lessons relate to, to real world stuff. Don't just be hammering the kid because, you know, you want him to play in the NHL and he's, he's not the best player. I, I, I just don't believe in that. Like I said earlier, there's, I've been in the NHL. I've played for a long time. There's a ton of other things you can do in life. You'll be proud of your kid. They can impact more people than playing hockey. Um, I just think there is a, it's great to play sports and it's great to, to want to be in that atmosphere and all your friends are doing it. But I, I just truly think you can use the lessons that you learn in sports and, and relate them to life. And I think your kid will be better off. That's such a great, uh, what you just said, uh, you were, you were talking about how, uh, the way you kind of briefly did, uh, spoke about how you were, how you raise your kids. You're like, if your mother tells you to do the dishes, you do the dishes. Uh, everything you do, you have to do a 100%. Uh, I was raised by my mom and uh, I did a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> I did a <laughs> lot of dumb shit growing up. Um, I did a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to go into all the details of everything, but point was um, with the amount of stupid stuff I did, I'm a twin. You knew that, right? I have a yeah, twin I knew brother. That. I knew that. Yeah. Much uglier than me. Uh, I was always <laughs> a better looking twin. And um, my brother and I uh, were the oldest in the family. And my brother, my brother was, uh, my brother got in a, in a lot of trouble with, with the law. I think by the time, 
high school started. High school, that's when everything, me personally, high school makes you or breaks you, right? That you, those are the most detrimental years of your life, right? Um, and during those years, I was doing a lot of dumb shit. I failed, I failed, uh, I failed, I failed a grade. Like I'm talking, like I, I failed because I, I tried small. The first day I tried drinking and smoking was all in one day. Smoked the joint, drank a uh, 40 of uh, Bud Light, uh, Labatt, <laughs> put flooded myself with Swiss Army cologne. I smelt like sweat, Swiss Army cologne and weed and beer. And I went into my Beautiful. first class and I puked, pretending as if like no one saw me. Anyways, I got kicked out. Um, we put my mom through a lot of shit. We, we put my mom and my stepdad through a lot of stuff. And um, believe it or not, uh, I could now parents may judge like if you parents may think this is crazy for how my mom did this, but I don't recall a time where my mom ever grounded me, so to speak. So uh, my mom's a therapist in a uh, rehab center and uh, she comes from a background where my grandparents are, well, they were alcoholics now they're they're not anymore but she was she's been around alcohol pei you know like what, what just like what else is there to do right but just yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and she was so 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 good about talking she took the time to smother you like she would like gently close the door and be like sit down so Let's talk about this. And I always found it fucking annoying. I'm like, mom, like I'm, I'm drunk and high. Like, I don't want to talk about this. You know what I mean? Or like <laughs> all these stupid things I want to do. I remember when I signed my contract with the national team, it's like, I'm like LeBron James, you know what I mean? My mom's like, fuck that. <laughs> like you're getting a job. At, that's the only reason why I got my job at Costco is because, no uh, yeah, yeah. So just, and it was, uh, yeah, and she was so into communication, and uh, she always came to my competitions, and I had some bad competitions, and I had some amazing competitions, and uh, the amazing competitions, my mom, that was when my mom spoke, spoke to me the most, and she's like, this does not define you, you are, don't forget who you are and where you come from. Just because you're the best in Canada or best in Quebec does not mean you should act a certain way. And when I lost, my mom didn't say anything. And because I knew, like, I wasn't, I didn't want her to, but looking back at it now, it's like, as soon as you, like, my head's already big. As soon as my head started getting bitter, bigger, she brought me down not brought me down, but like, she like deflated it a bit. Like, Hey, like you're still Justin Blackburn. You're still working at Costco. Like not to make me feel like shit, but like no, just be, be present. And I feel like parents these days, especially in hockey, it's like, everything needs to be perfect. If not like, cause what you just said, you have to go all in or you're all out. But I feel like that message gets persuaded differently. I don't know if you agree with me, I, I agree with you. I agree. I, I think, and maybe because I've been around hockey and, and growing up in hockey and being at the rinks now and stuff, maybe I'm, I'm just more familiar than other sports, but I think hockey parents are crazier than any other sport I've ever seen. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, it's just, it's crazy to me. I, I mean, obviously it's, it's the biggest sport everywhere. I get it, but it, no, yeah, for sure. But they're just crazy. They're, they're crazy. And I think the parents for the most part are more all in than the kid. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. If your kid's not all in, then that's fine. Then let them do what they need to do. If they want to, if they want to go and just hang out with their friends and let them go hang out with their friends. Yeah. But, but if, you can't be more, even as a trainer, you can't be more all in than they are. It's just, no. I, it, it won't work. Right. So like, it's just, they're, they're crazy. The parents blow my mind to me. Um, yeah. And I, I this is a funny story. When I was at that tournament uh, a couple of weeks oh, please, ago, I was going to ask for a funny story. Give me a funny story. Well, this is, I don't know how it relates, but it's just, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it's, it's eight year old. People hockey. know who like, you are. People know who you are. Right. Yeah, yeah, more guys on our team and stuff and and uh and everything, but I'm I'm sitting there and I'm sitting by a couple of the dads and this one kid just barely goes out and rubs out another kid, like barely. Like I know there's no hitting at nine, but like it's it's a contact sport. You're battling you have to You're on uh, skate bump. too. Yeah. You're going yeah, you're going to and that eight they're not the greatest skaters, so they bump no. into each other anyway. So this one kid barely bumps into the kid and the parents start screaming at the kid. He's an eight-year-old kid. The, the parents, parents start screaming at the kid who bumped him. Yeah, and they're Continue. swearing and they're screaming and he's swearing and he's dropping F-bombs and everything. There's little kids around and I'm just like, where am I right now? Like if this uh, this guy's swearing at an eight-year-old, I'm waiting for another dad to come over and just sucker this guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking around like this guy's, someone's going to come cold cock this guy any minute here. <laughs> and I'm walking around and, you know, th- this dad screamed for 15 minutes he went around outside and he's screaming and you know call me crazy but you know and this is i don't know how it relates but that guy's kid my daughter comes home every day and tells me this kid's in the principal's office and interesting, I, you know i i found it very interesting when she told me that and i just said like w- what's the correlation here for sure for sure all about surroundings okay yeah. next uh next question um is your love life i would like to know so i follow lauren and uh i remember lauren would all one thing that really impressed me about lauren uh first bro she's absolutely gorgeous right i think we all we could all say that (laughs) thank you Uh, but one thing that was hella impressive was here you have this you know, this gorgeous woman with, bro, I think when she was in Montreal was Hunter and Jordana. Uh, yeah, yeah, the two of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she had two carriages at Costco full to the rim, bro. And she yeah. was handling it by herself. Insane. And I'm like, and I remember she was, I was working at the restaurant at the time and uh she would always come for a poutine and a hot dog and i remember like i could just feed off people's energy like yo like i could just see okay she has two newborns almost she's alone she has a carriage full of shit two carriages full of shit like i'm getting this hot dog and this poutine as fast as i can and i knew who she was because like uh and she can't she she would recognize me because like i was like i would bust jokes on you guys you know what i mean like always always and um she just comes and I see her right now. She has four, you guys have four beautiful kids, twins, and you are traveling. She's raising the family. 
you're a father of this family. I just want to know, like, how, because um, love is huge, right? Relationships can make you or huge. break you. You know what I mean? And I just want to know, like, how you met Lauren and, like, talk to us or talk to me and the listeners about the, the journey of how you guys got started and where you go, where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, buddy. Um, to me, relationships, relationships are the juice of life. Like absolutely. to me, re- relationships are everything. I, I, I just think if you have a bad relationship, whether it's, you know, with your girlfriend or your wife or your fiance, that affects everything you do. Um, you know, I, I know it personally. Uh, I, I've seen it with tons of people. Like I just, they also are, are, like I said, the greatest juice. Like, you know, when your relationship is good and you guys Hold are on, Dale, Dale, give me one second. Give me yep. one second. I'm just going to stop because we're, we're getting past the, my piece of shit podcast. Give me one sec.